Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one discerning page of Talmud each day. And on today's page, Bava Kama 41, we are still in the midst of talking about animal carcasses and what to do with them and who may or may not derive benefit from them. And here's what the rabbis have to say. Have a listen. The Gemara continues, this is so unless the verse specifies for you that one may derive benefit in the manner that it's specified for you with regard to an animal carcass from which the verse explicitly permits one to derive benefit as it states, you may sell it to a foreigner, Deuteronomy 14.21. Accordingly, it is permitted to transfer an unslaughtered animal carcass to a ger to shove, meaning a Gentile who resides in Eretz Israel and observes the seven Noahide mitzvot through giving it to him as a gift and to any other Gentile through selling it to him. Apparently, without this explicit permission, it would be prohibited to derive any benefit from a carcass due to the prohibition, you shall not eat. Here, too, with regard to the ox that is stoned, the phrase, its flesh shall not be eaten, may serve to teach that one may not derive benefit from the stoned ox. As always, this is an intricate and complicated Talmudic halachic discussion. But the thing that is really interesting to me is that the Talmud seems to give us two categories here. If it's a ger to shove, a Gentile who resides in Eretz Yisrael and observes the basic mitzvot, well, he may receive the carcass as a gift. But any other Gentile, you have to sell him the animal carcass. Now, this issue of a division or distinction between different categories of people, each treated differently, was really foremost on my mind because I read this page of Talmud while standing in line at Newark Airport. And the reason I have enough time to sit down and learn a page of Gemara is because my traveling companion, producer Josh Cross, was subjected to the most insane round of security I have ever seen proving the Talmud's very point that Newark Airport, just like the rabbis of the Talmud, also have their different categories of people, some who may be treated lightly and deferentially and with respect, given gifts and honored, and others who are to be treated kind of suspiciously. Josh Cross, would you say that my description of your ordeal is fair? I think you undersold it, Liel. Uh, let me first say before we get into it that Stoned Ox was a band that I was in in undergrad, and it was amazing. 100%. 100%. University of Baltimore finest Stoned Ox every every night at the A wicked the show in Fells Point. So, yes, you probably undersold it because as somebody who actually appreciates the Israeli form of security, I actually think the interviews that they do, whether it's here coming into Ben-Gurion or leaving to go there, is so much better more logical than what we do in America, which is just theater, where they just have a conversation with you and ask you questions, makes perfect sense. Incredibly, in a very Talmudic spirit, El Al's security officers actually sort of derive some of their logic from this very page of Talmud, right? They say, okay, look, there's a distinction between travelers who observe mitzvot and those who do not. We're just going to ask questions like, where do you go to shul? Who's your rabbi? What's the last chag? Right. I mean, and they asked me all these questions, and I could say, I literally said the phrase pigeon aben, which ha- most Jews don't even know what it is. I think that's why you were suspicious. Maybe I was suspicious of that because I was just explaining that I had this rabbi, but they asked me what shul I went to. I explained I was not particularly shuled at the moment, but that I go for holidays with my mother. Hi, mom. But I, I joked even in the Facebook group that I got stopped because I have a blank passport and because I said I was actually excited to see my mother in law. 
But I actually think what they heard was, you know, I was working on no sleep, and they asked me the question about the last hog I had celebrated, and I was like, Labor Day? But it was Simchas Torah would, would have been the last one, and had I said that, I think it might have been all right, but nope. I wound up in the back room behind closed doors and rubber gloves and stuff. What they saw is a man clearly trying so hard that he dropped Pidion Haben and said he was very excited to see his mother-in-law. And they decided, yeah, this person isn't really righteous. He's just, he's just an act. I, I, I think so. I don't think I was like sweating or particularly nervous. I was just mildly perplexed as to like... What can I say? Should I show you my Hebrew tattoo? Should I show you all the mitzvot I sort of backwardsly do or don't do and break? Or I don't know. It, it was an interesting experience to watch and try and figure out what had dinged me. It's amazing, though, because watching you, and, and again, here is where I'd like to stress, I, I had a lot of time to watch you because this ordeal went on for quite a while. But it actually just gave me pause to think of precisely this thing, because, you know, in, in most kind of airport security systems, we make a big show that everything is sort of fair, balanced, and completely randomized, that we're just, you know, hey, sir, you've been selected for a random screening. Please step aside, and we'll give you some extra layers of security. Alal does the opposite. Alal has this Talmudic logic that sometimes makes us very uncomfortable when we read the Talmud, and sometimes makes us very comfortable when we're in the airport, in which they basically say, we're going to talk to you, and we're going to ascertain your degree of righteousness slash threat based on, you know, knowledge, behavior, answers, facial cues, et cetera, and then uh, kind of really morally judge you on the spot. Did you feel nervous? Not nervous because I knew ultimately it was going to be fine. I was going to get through eventually, and that's why you show up early. But I, I kind of was like this was some kind of game show of Josh Defend Your Judaism right now <laughs> to this poor 20-year-old woman who is just trying to make sure that I'm not going to do something nefarious. But I mean, they did really racially, because we were standing there side by side, and I walked in looking like, you know, Jewy McKeeb with my beard and my yarmulke and my kind of like schlubby features. And they're like, oh, sure, you know, hey, the coffee's right over there, please welcome home. And you walked in, Mr. You know, hipster, I listened to records and vinyl, dude. And they're like, yeah, no, you're, you're not our people. Did, it, did that hurt a little bit? I mean, a little. But I will say that the extra screening that I got after going through the regular screening and I got taken to a back room where a guy had to take apart my, all of my luggage and he was like, oh, this is a lot of wires and plugs and stuff. Like, eventually they sort of understood that they were doing their job and made a joke out of it. At least they were nice about it. <laughs> I felt judged, but nicely. For the record, I have never seen that extra layer of like, even after security, sir, we're going to have some more security post-security just for you. It was like, excuse me, sir, you're going to go to room 63? I was like, uh, I'm waiting for rubber gloves to snap. It was, it was something. Well, Josh, here we are. We've made it. We're at Eretz Israel, the land of Israel having a very meaningful week, and I thank you for being our guest. Thank you, and I've never felt more Jewish than I do right now. Mm -hmm. 
This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, then you are really going to love the new book just published by me. It's called How the Talmud Can Change Your Life, Surprisingly Modern Advice from a Very Old Book. You can order it now at your local bookstore or directly from the publisher through the link in this here podcast description or through that big online store whose logo is, you know, a smile. As always, please go rate and review Take One on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You could get your Take One t-shirts and mugs and other swag at tabletstudios.com and you could subscribe to our weekly newsletter at tabletm.ag slash take one newsletter. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Robert Scaramucci, Courtney Hazlett, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic. 